Thank you for tuning in to episode 9 of the Strength for All podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Reposh, a.k.a. Johnny Reps Fitness. And today I'm going to talk all about why, if, and how you should exercise during the coronavirus epidemic, and then specifically if you get the coronavirus. So without any further ado, let's get into the podcast. Okay, so today's episode is going to be mainly focused on should you exercise if you get coronavirus? What's the evidence on this and what are the general recommendations? So this is going to be a quick one. I'm going to try and pack it full of information and then I'm just going to get out of here. I'm going to separate this into three uh, basic sections. The first section is going to be preventative. The second section is going to be if you get COVID. And then the third section is going to be general training recommendations. So on the first one preventative so if you exercise like if you exercise regularly before you get covid or before you get any type of sickness uh or in preparation like is that good or is that bad does exercise make you less immune does exercise make you more immune how exactly does that work so i want to start out by kind of talking about high risk groups so if you are a member of a high risk group like you are overweight, you are you have obesity, you have diabetes, you have heart conditions, you have a history of pneumonia, you have anything that's basically a chronic condition or something that would negatively impact your prognosis if you got coronavirus. This is the type of person you have the most ground to gain by actually exercising. And I'll explain why. So regular cardiovascular exercise can increase the effect duration of an influenza vaccine. This is the first thing. There was actually a study done, uh, I believe it, they said it was a 10-month study, where they took people and they, they actually found that those who per performed an exercise intervention during those 10 months who regularly trained actually saw a increase in the immune, uh, the immune boosting benefits of the vaccine, and it lasted longer than those who did not exercise. So what this tells us is that if and when there is a vaccine for COVID, the, the fact that you train may, again, this is not to say that this will work for every vaccine, but there is some evidence to show that maybe if you train regularly, you can increase the effective life of a vaccine. That's one small thing. Another thing is exercising regularly and generally being fit has shown to decrease risks of severe symptoms. The people who are most adversely affected by COVID are those who have the most chronic conditions and also those who are older. And one of the number one things that you can do that is a non-drug-based intervention that can reduce your risk of getting chronic disease, and then even if you do have a chronic disease, reduce the severity of it, is exercising and training regularly. So it makes sense to do this. The time investment of exercising regularly does not need to be huge, and anything more than what you're currently doing is probably better than doing nothing. So, people who have these chronic uh, obesity and conditions have been shown to basically be the ones who have the most to gain through exercising, the most to gain in improving their body's systems through training and through strengthening them. But in addition to this, there's a multitude of other health benefits. 
through resistance training. So even if you're not overweight and you don't have like any specific conditions, it's probably a good idea to regularly exercise. So you shouldn't be entirely sedentary. Again, the health benefits of training are things like decreasing your risk of dying, lowering your blood pressure, decreasing your risk of getting these chronic diseases, as I mentioned, generally improving your performance. And then from a health perspective, all of those things matter. They do. They really matter. And as you age, you, you generally want to not be in a situation where you are at a higher risk of things because the older you get, the higher you, the higher your risk generally becomes of acquiring these illnesses. So if you're sedentary, in addition to those who are, in addition to those who are overweight and have health issues, if you are sedentary, you got to get off your ass and train. Seriously. Like, the people who are already training to a reasonable degree, this doesn't necessarily apply to you. Uh, the benefit you're going to get from training more, are you going to get like a, a benefit to your immune system through training more if you're already training to a pretty reasonable degree, which what that exactly entails, I will go over at the end. But... No, I don't know. There's not really much evidence on that. So are you going to get better results by training harder or training uh, more intensely? No, but you most likely will get better results by meeting the minimum activity thresholds. You will get not as severe symptoms if you get it. You'll get a better chance of recovering if you do get it. And you will likely just reduce your risk of getting all these other diseases as well. So it's it's really a win-win and kind of a no-brainer that it makes sense that you should be regularly exercising if you want to get the best outcome in the event that you do actually get COVID. So what happens if you do get COVID? That's the next thing I want to talk about. Note, None of this podcast is me giving medical advice or suggesting anything to a specific person who is in a specific instance. If you have COVID and you have severe symptoms, that's something that you should contact the proper, proper medical professionals for. I am not giving medical advice. All I'm doing is I am relaying the best information that I know that is verified by medical professionals. So I'm not giving you any BS that I just make up off the top of my head. Anyway, note, does exercise suppress the immune system? There's actually been some studies, there was one study, and there's been some people who believe that exercise actually decreases your immune system. Like you train, specifically if you train hard, that that will make you more likely to get sick. So there's actually not really any good evidence one way or another to show that if you exercise really, really hard, that that's going to like increase your risk of getting sick or make your sickness necessarily worse. There have been some studies in mice that show that it is possible, but usually the group that exercises really, really hard sees basically the same mortality rate as the group that doesn't exercise at all. Whereas the group that exercises mild to moderate that is where it's at. If you get sick, these are now mind you, these are done influenza studies. These were done uh, with influenza, not with coronavirus, which is a different thing, but they do have similar ways in which they affect the body. So those who basically train moderately, moderate mild to moderate training has actually been shown to improve symptoms and improve mortality rates 
and reduce your risk of dying or having severe symptoms in diseases that are similar to coronavirus. Obviously, the COVID-19 coronavirus is very new, and there's so much work and so much studying being done on it right now, but not all of that information is available. But drawing these conclusions from similar diseases, from studies that have been done on similar diseases, can be helpful, and they can help paint a little bit of a picture of what we're trying to figure out. So does exercise suppress immune function? The answer is kind of a resounding no, as long as you're not like really overdoing it. So, and I would say that the people who are really probably worried about this are, are probably the people who are least likely to overdo it. So there's been, there's actually some information to show that even as little as one act exercise bout, like literally training once while you're sick can actually improve your body's immune response. Crazy, I know. So like if you get sick, you should keep training. If you're not training, you should start training. So if you're not sick, train. If you are sick, train. Keep training is kind of the the moral of the story here, right? So if you are experiencing severe symptoms, however, you should seek medical help as soon as possible. It's not a good idea to think that it, because you're bedridden and can barely move that you should get up and start training. No, you should get the appropriate medical attention most likely. So I think we kind of nailed down the fact that if you do get COVID, or even if you don't get COVID, it's a good idea to train and it's going to reduce your risk of getting really bad symptoms or dying. So if you, so what, what are the actual recommendations though, when it comes to resistance training? So I'm going to start out by quoting the Department of Health and Human Services recommendations regarding res, uh, training for adults, exercise for adults. I'm going to read straight from their website here. Adults should move more and sit less throughout the day. Some physical activity is better than none. Adults who sit less and do any amount of moderate to vigorous physical activity will gain some health benefits. What we're talking about here, this is me, that, that's end quote. So this is me talking now. <laughs> what we're talking about here is if you do anything, anything that qualifies as exercise more than sitting around and being sedentary, it will gain you health benefits. Period. And stop. Full stop. Next one. And start quote. For substantial health benefits, adults should do at least 150 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes, to 300 minutes, five hours, a week of moderate intensity, or 75 minutes, one hour and 15 minutes, to 150 minutes, which is two hours and 30 minutes, a week of vigorous intensity aerobic physical activity or a equivalent combination of moderate and vigorous intensity aerobic activity. Preferably, aerobic activity should be spread throughout the week. So I know that was a lot of words, but what this is essentially saying is you should get 300 minutes of, so 150 to 300 minutes, which is basically like two and a half to five hours of moderate intensity or physical activity or an hour and 15 minutes to two hours and 30 minutes of vigorous intensity aerobic activity weekly and spread it out evenly throughout the week. Don't do that in one day or two days and then take the rest of the week off. Okay. And this is going to give you health benefits again. 
you want to exercise. You want to exercise aerobically and you want to get these minimum minutes. So if you're looking for a place to start, start by getting a minimum of two and a half hours of light intensity moderate light to moderate intensity aerobic exercise and then try and progress up to the point where you can do five hours of low intensity or an hour or sorry two and a half hours of vigorous intensity aerobic activity right next point quote additional health benefits are gained by engaging in physical activity beyond the equivalent of 300 minutes which is five hours of moderate intensity physical activity a week aha so here not only are you getting health benefits from doing that lower end or just meeting the minimum thresholds, you will get better health benefits from doing higher than that. There is a dose-response relationship here. If you can exceed these goal numbers, you will have better results and better outcomes. But, again, anything you do will be better than nothing. I can't repeat that enough. Final point, quote, adults should do muscle strengthening activities of moderate or greater intensity and that involve all major muscle groups two or more days a week as these activities provide additional health benefits. It is literally recommended by the government, by the top scientists in the world, that you lift weights a minimum of twice per week. Start lifting those damn weights. Start lifting those damn weights right now. Okay, so the final thing I'm going to talk about in this podcast are my recommendations. So first of all, my recommendations don't matter compared to someone who is a medical professional. I am not trying to contradict the preponderance of the evidence. That would be 100% foolish. I'm trying to expand upon it and provide a little bit of insight that I've gained as my years as a personal trainer and online fitness coach. So my first recommendation is follow these recommendations. Follow the recommendations of the Health and Human Services Department. Try and move more. Try and hit these minimum thresholds. Try and hit these minimum thresholds of physical activity, of a minimum of two and a half hours of moderate physical activity and weight training twice per week. Okay? At least hit these minimums. If you are not here, all of the apple cider vinegar in the world, all of the juice cleanses in the world, all of the booty blasting workouts in the world are not going to do jack for you. Sorry, they don't. They aren't unless you're doing enough booty blaster workouts to hit the minimum threshold, in which case that would be acceptable. Uh, yeah. And then to expand on these, like, I think it's important to have progression in your workout, because obviously if you can't even meet, meet that minimum of the aerobic activity, if you're in bad enough shape that you can't hit that, like you need to have a, some type of performance-based progression in your training. And this is where having a program or having me program for you or having someone make a program for you or even just finding something online that has progression to it is important. Like if, if these thresholds sound like scary or too high, like you can progress to them. Like and you can progress beyond them. Like that's the point of a intelligently designed training program is it progresses you forward and it makes your performance better. And not just if you're an athlete, like if you're training for life to be as fit as possible, yeah, progression, it should be there. So yeah, weight loss has net benefits on health outcomes if you are overweight. Like that's the that's the other thing I would add to this is if you are overweight or in the if you're in the cat if you have obesity ex post ad excess adiposity or chronic excess adiposity we shall call it it is a good idea for you to lose weight and it will improve your health outcomes it will not increase your risk of getting sick if 
you are overweight. Losing weight will not increase your risk of getting sick. If anything, it will increase and your benefit of having positive outcomes. So my final thing would be get get to a healthy body weight. It's really important. And honestly, you know, I know BMI is a very criticized body measurement because B, the, the creation of BMI, it really has nothing to do with anything that's actually related to science or, you know, health outcomes or anything like that. But the higher your BMI gets, the higher your risk becomes once you get outside of the normal threshold. So if you're like a 25 to 30 on a BMI and you're active and you have muscle and you meet these minimum activity thresholds, it's really unlikely probably that you would, you know, have a greater risk of anything than someone who is in, you know, under 25 BMI who has the same activity level and everything as you. But once you get to like 30, 32, 34, and you're, you're that far over the, the BMI number, it gets less and less likely that you are actually going to be able to be healthy. Not Again, not to say that you can't, but it's kind of like if you smoke one cigarette a day versus if you smoke a pack a day versus if you smoke two packs a day versus if you smoke three packs a day to four to five. Eventually, there's an, there's an amount of cigarettes that no matter how healthy you are in every other aspect of your life, there's no possible way that this is not having an adverse effect on your health outcome. And it's the same thing with body weight. So, in conclusion, if I were to sum up this podcast, I'm going to sum it up right now. You should, if you if you don't have coronavirus and you are not training, you should train. If you do have coronavirus and you are not training, you should train. If you are just a general person, like looking for the to train, looking what the recommendations are, go to the Department of Health and Human Services physical activity guidelines for adults and start trying to meet and exceed those guidelines. Okay, get on a progressive program, get to a healthy body weight, move more, and you will see better health outcomes across across the board, on average. Again. This is not me giving you medical advice. This is me giving you common sense based on the preponderance of the evidence from medical professionals. And if there's any information I missed, if there's anything that I am wrong about, I always want someone to bring it up because we need to get better and we need to all learn more as we go forward. Thank you so much for listening on this podcast. This is episode nine again. And if you want to follow me, my name is Johnny Reps Fitness on Instagram. That's J-O-N-N-Y underscore R-E-P-S underscore fitness on Instagram. If you want access to some exclusive fitness content and posts, you can jump on my free Facebook group. You can send me a message or email me about that. And I can get you in that Facebook group. And uh, I do have a YouTube channel. It is also Johnny Reps Fitness. That's just getting started. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I will see you guys all next week.